State Sycamores are tournament champions. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference. Arch Man this week is finally here after the long road of college basketball starting in November, media day back in October. We finally reach March and Arch Madness here in the Missouri Valley Conference. Thanks, everybody, for downloading and listening to another edition of the Inside the Valley podcast. Derek Dockett here alongside Joey Spivey. I guess, sir, is there one thing that gets you excited about this weekend besides the games themselves, or is it just the fact that you get to sit around and watch all this basketball and take it all in? Yeah, honestly, just thinking of the amount of basketball I'm going to see in a four-day span, uh, that that alone gets me excited. But also thinking that conference tournament time means that we're also starting to get to the end of the college basketball season. Not that I'm excited about the end of college basketball. Say, that makes me no, sad. no. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's the thing. So you really feel like you've got to cherish each of these games because some of these teams, this is the last time we're going to see them. I mean, really, all of these teams except probably one, maybe more than one if something crazy happens this weekend. Um, it's the last time we're going to see them this season. So you really want to, you want to get as much out of that as you can. Yeah. And the last time we're going to see a lot of these seniors too. We've, I, uh, and in this podcast, folks will hear, um, three interviews that I did, uh, leading up to the tournament, uh, with the, uh, radio guys from uh, Wichita state and Evansville and a uh, beat writer from Illinois state. And we talked a lot about seniors and, uh, the quality of guys that have been in the league and, and the folks that are graduating. It's gonna be. It's it's been a fantastic ride to watch these guys play. Number one, we know the story with the guys of Wichita and what they've done. Uh, but DJ Ballantyne and the Giddies with Skagis, we we said it time and time again. We don't need to go into it. But leading scorer and leading rebounder for their program, uh, these guys have left their mark not only on their teams and their programs, but in the league. Um, and there's just so so many great things. And it's I don't know how the all conference voting is gonna gonna pan out. Uh, that'll be announced uh, leading into the conference tournament, uh, but there's going to be some well-deserved honors dished out to a lot of deserving uh, student athletes uh, this week on the men's basketball side in the valley. So uh, it's been fun to watch these guys play. I can't reiterate that enough because we've we've been spoiled to see just the talents of these guys. It, it's it's just been so so fun to watch the Fred and Ron uh, and and on and on and on. So uh, yeah, it's. Take it all in this weekend at, at uh, Scott Trade Center, I guess, is my advice. It's going to be something special, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, in this, in this edition of the podcast, uh, I talked with uh, three guys that have been around the Valley for a number of years, got their take on the teams that they cover. Uh, you'll hear from Mike Kennedy, the uh, Shocker voice on Twitter. He is the voice of the Wichita State Shockers. We talked about uh, their season, uh, the seniors. We talked uh, – uh, the, the, how Fred Van Vliet's a difference maker. Uh, we hit on Fred, Ron, and Evan Wessel. Uh, just a lot of stuff, so you can hear from him. Also talked with uh, Lance Wilkerson, who's the radio voice of the Evansville Purple Aces. We talked about DJ, uh, Agidius Miscavages, and Adam Wing, their trio of seniors, and what they've meant to that program. Uh, I put him on the spot and asked him about his all-conference picks. Uh, just had a fun conversation with him. And finally, uh, also talked with uh, uh, Jim Benson, who uh, is a writer for the Bloomington Panagraph, uh, the beat writer for Illinois State Redbirds. Uh, talked about Akum Purcell, the Redbirds uh, getting the win of Wichita State, and just their progression throughout the season. Because most, what most folks sort of forget about them, and maybe they don't, but they had a, this, this, just this legit non-conference schedule where they played uh, Maryland. They, they played some legit top ten, uh, top five uh, competition in the non-conference uh, and, you know, we wondered if that prepared them well going into conference play. Um, they started out slow, but they picked up some steam and, and they became a, a, a quality team in the league. And obviously we saw them get the win over Wichita State. Uh, and, Joey, you called it Northern Iowa. <laughs> you said at one point you didn't think they would lose a game in a stretch. And did they end up winning four or five in a row? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a four-game streak. And then they lost that um... – that game to Loyola, which was a little bit of a, a head scratcher, but they've um, they've flipped it. 
I mean, this is a team that barely slipped under 500. Uh, they were two and six in the Valley at one time, which I think was was opening eyes all over the conference. How how is this team that was just in the NCAA tournament last year? And granted, we lost. They lost great seniors, but to see that two and six start, flip the switch, sprint into the Arch Madness tournament. Um, a lot of different storylines for a handful of these teams, top to bottom, to look forward to this weekend. Before we jump into the the meat of the bracket and talk about uh, what's going on this weekend in St. Louis for Arch Madness, I want to be sure and let folks know about this. Uh, we announced it on Twitter uh, that this podcast is officially in iTunes. So if you search uh, Missouri Valley Conference or Missouri Valley Conference podcast, uh, you will find this and other audio features that we will bring in the future uh, in that feed. So be sure to subscribe there and rate uh, if you can. Leave a comment or two. Um, we're also in Stitcher now. So if, you, if that's your choice of a downloading audio podcast, uh, you can search Missouri Valley Podcast there on Stitcher as well uh, and grab that. We're going to put a link up uh, in the audio section of uh, the, the RSS feeds for iTunes, uh, for Stitcher, and the, the link for SoundCloud is already there. So as you said uh, the last time, building the brand, uh, we're off and running, and I'm, I'm, I'm just excited we were able to get that taken care of and got the, this podcast off and going. So uh, hopefully we can continue to just have some fun with it. Uh, and if folks have comments, questions, whatever it might be, shoot us a tweet. Uh, I'm D Docket, uh, NBC Sports, Valley Hoops. Uh, I think most folks know how to find me there. <laughs> uh, I'm always willing to take suggestions on how we can uh, keep this thing going and improve it. And like I said, the goal is to keep it going, uh, not just for basketball, but throughout the spring because uh, we've got a lot of fantastic student athletes and coaches doing some great things in the league in terms of uh, our sports uh, right now with uh, basketball coming to an end. Uh, but also softball and baseball uh, kicking into gear and uh, wrapping up the spring there. So uh, we'll, we'll keep this thing going and, and talk about whatever we can talk about and interview whoever we can interview uh, related to the Valley. So uh, thanks, folks, for your support there, and uh, uh, thanks for downloading and listening. Um, but now on Arch Madness, archmadness.com. I think you folks all know how to find info on the 2016 State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament. And the bracket is official. Um, here we go. Here's what's coming up uh, at Arch Madness in St. Louis. Uh, the first matchup, Bradley is the nine seed taking on Loyola, the eight seed. That game will be March 3rd, 6 o'clock on the NBC TV network. Uh, and the second game will be the 10 seed, the Drake Bulldogs, versus the number seven seed, Missouri State. That game, March 3rd, approximately 830, uh, also on the NBC TV network. Uh, another reminder, all the games that are on the NBC TV network, that's Fox Sports Midwest, Fox Sports Indiana, Fox Sports Kansas City, uh, Comcast Sportsnet Chicago. Uh, those games are also, if you want to watch online, if you're traveling or something like that, uh, the Fox Sports Go app. I've tried to promote that as much as I could this year, but the Fox Sports Go app or foxsportsgo.com, that's the way to watch online if you are in the states of Missouri, Illinois, Kansas, Iowa, if you're within the footprint in Indiana, if within the Valley uh, footprint, go that, go that route. If you're not, if you're in states outside of our league cities, uh, you can watch those on ESPN3. Uh, we'll have those links uh, posted on the Tournament Central page on Arch Madness uh, or the men's basketball section. You'll find that there. Uh, we're going to be up late, updating that page uh, all throughout the week with links for uh, everything around the tournament. So uh, got a little side, got a little side thought there about the bracket, but – um, those first two games on Thursday, I don't want your predictions. Anything that you're looking forward to? Any surprises? So, first of all, I, I think we've got to give a little bit of credit to the Drake Bulldogs out of Des Moines, who right now, red hot, coming off of one of two conference wins, <laughs> a game I got to see in person. Um, but I, that 7-10 matchup between Missouri State and Drake, those are two teams drake has struggled to string together good basketball missouri state looks exhausted at this point in the season um i i i don't want to say the missouri state's fallen into a to a potential trap in that 710 there but drake i think has gotten that conference win to close out the year has something to be excited about whereas missouri state they look like they just need to catch a breath um in that loyola bradley game 
Loyola is another team that has shown spots here and there, but has really struggled, and Bradley needs a go-to guy. They don't have a single guy on that team that averages double digits scoring. Uh, but Dwayne, what is it, Latia Gunlier? Is that close. how you pronounce that? That's very I, close. I gave it a good shot. <laughs> um, but he's been great to close out this year. Ronnie Suggs is another guy that's had a few good games for Bradley. I think we could see two lower seeds win on Thursday night, um, but I think the – the Drake is a little optimistic, but definitely keep an eye on that 8-9 matchup to start the whole thing off. Yeah, I'm curious to see how uh, Bradley, a team full of freshmen, how they react to, to playing at Scott Trade Center at the tournament. Um, Thursday night, no, it's we all know what Thursday night the tournament is, but still um, you're, you're seeing these teams for the third time. It's always a little different go around in the neutral court. So uh, it makes to see just how, how the, uh, the team full of freshmen uh, for, for Bradley – uh, wanna, how they react uh, on the court uh, come, going up against Loyola. Uh, as everyone knows, Wichita State's got the number one seed. They will take on the winner of the Bradley-Loyola matchup. Uh, that game, the uh, Wichita matchup against either Bradley or, or Loyola will be March 4th uh, at noon, also on the NBC TV network. Uh, the 5-4 game, Southern Illinois is the 5 seed, taking on number four, Northern Iowa, uh, 2.30 on Friday. Evansville, the number two seed, will await the winner of Drake and Missouri State. That game at 6 o'clock. And then uh, 6-3, which could be a very intriguing game, number 6-3, which typically is at the tournament. Um, number six, Indiana State, taking on number three, Illinois State, that game at 8-30. Uh, like I said, t- NBC TV Network, Fox Sports Go uh, is your way to watch if you uh, are not near a TV uh, to watch on Fox Sports Midwest or other parts of the NBC TV Network. Um while you're at the tournament, there's so, so much going on. Uh, I want to be sure to let folks know that the NBC Fan Hangout is the official place, uh, the gathering place for all Valley fans during Arch Madness. Uh, just a couple blocks away from Scott Trade Center, closer to Bush Stadium, uh, right across the street from Bush Stadium, actually. Um, they are our uh, official fan partner for the 2016 State Farm NBC Men's Basketball Tournament. You can find food specials, drink specials, all that kind of stuff. They've got a huge TV uh, where they would have the games on at uh, Ballpark Village, the NBC Fan Hangout. So check that out. I know a number of schools will have pep rallies going on uh, there throughout the tournament, uh, throughout their duration, their stay in St. Louis. So uh, check out archmanis.com slash fans for more info on the Fan Hangout. Uh, that'll be Fun, 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 I'm sure, as you can uh, run into fans uh, from all schools. And that was one of the things when I was not working at the Valley that I enjoyed about Arch Madness was running into fans, wearing their school colors on the streets of downtown, hanging out, going to the local establishments. Um, I'm sure for you that's got to be one of the things. Do you ever run into people that you just strike up a conversation about uh, the Valley in general when you're at Arch Madness? Did that happen to you last year at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I found myself doing it a lot with uh, Southern fans. First of all, I think they're, they, they were the nicest fans that I met down there last year. Not that every team's group of fans isn't great, but those, <clears throat> those people you could talk basketball with for hours. But I love, yeah, just walking around St. Louis, whether you go out to eat or you're just checking out some of the sites, you see people dressed head to toe in their Valley gear, and you're just able to strike it up. And that fan hangout's great for it, too, uh, because you get, to, you get to really talk basketball in the action that's just happened in a couple blocks away but you're you know you're outside of the heat of battle yes. so you don't, <laughs> that's you don't feel like there's that direct competition yeah uh and then uh the other thing i really really want to clarify so folks know uh saturday's games the semifinals, uh time time different from previous years uh the first semifinal will tip at 2 30 uh and the second one approximately five o'clock so we tip, we used to be one o'clock and then you know approximately four. Now we're two thirty and five, and a television change. Uh, the semifinals will be on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, so we had a couple games during the regular season on CBS Sports Network. Check your local listings, check your channel finder uh, to find CBS Sports Network because that's where the semifinals will be. Uh, number one at two thirty and the second one at approximately five. Uh, and the championship game, the title game in Arch Madness Sunday, March six. Uh, one o'clock, still on CBS Network. The big CBS, uh, the the main uh, CBS channel, CBS Sports, will have that game. One o'clock Central, March sixth. Um, I just throw it out at you. Who do you think we playing in that championship game on Sunday? All right. Um, 
I, I think it's tough to to bet against Wichita State at this point on that side of the bracket. They've they've won their last five games by an average of like twenty five points. Um, they're they're forcing a ton of turnovers. They're playing great basketball after they after those two conference wins in the span of three or two conference losses in the span of three games. No so I think that they're they're going to run into a really good team in in probably you and I in that semifinal. But Wichita State's going to get into that championship game. And on the other side of the bracket. I'm not convinced that Illinois State is ready to stop playing basketball. That that 6-3 matchup on Friday, if if you're in St. Louis, I know that some people will skip that late game to maybe go get dinner. Don't miss that 6-3 Indiana State-Illinois State game. And if you've got the ability to watch it online or on TV, you, you cannot miss that matchup. Those are two teams that have played hit-and-miss basketball throughout the year, but Illinois State is really into a groove. And Indiana State has two... Uh, of the most talented, but not necessarily most talked about guards in the Valley right now in Brown and Scott. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I think Britton Scott's just got so much talent. He, yeah. I saw him in the game at home and Terre Haute against Northern Iowa. And he just was a dead eye shooter. He is so good. They're killers. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's fun to watch. Um, but I think, I think Illinois state might catch fire at the right time. I'm looking at Wichita state and Illinois state for a chance to uh, head to the big dance. All right. Well, we'll see if you're right. Next time we talk, uh, I'll put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you for a champion, <laughs> but I at least want to get that out of you. So, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, like I said, it's just going to be fun. We always look forward to it. Um, everybody back in St. Louis, our, all of our great volunteers that help us uh, with the administration of the tournament, uh, behind the scenes, so many great people that help put this event on uh, that make our lives a little bit easier as a, a staff that we have. Uh, we can't do it without them. So, it's going to be fun uh, for the madness to start. Uh, to get March started and with the men's tournament, the, the women's tournament the following weekend, and then we'll be back at Scott Trade uh, March 18 and 20 for the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament hosted by the Valley. Uh, we'll see who gets sent to St. Louis for that one too. Uh, folks don't have uh, tickets for that. You can get single session tickets as well as all session tickets available. Uh, NCAA.com slash MBB tickets for that one. Um, coming back to St. Louis, if you want to see some more basketball for the, uh, and you just don't want March to go away. <laughs> you can, you who can who does? Who right. does? Yeah, it's, it's a great time of year if you're a basketball junkie. Come on, come on to St. Louis and just stick around for the month. Uh, it'll be fun. So, um, I guess with that, we'll take a break. Come back. Uh, start off the interviews with uh, our three guests. Uh, first, with uh, the number one seed uh, Wichita State Shockers, talking with Mike Kennedy, uh, the voice of the Shockers, here on the Inside the Valley podcast. Stay tuned for more as we continue. The NCAA Men's Basketball Championship first and second rounds, March 18th and 20th at Scott Trade Center in St. Louis. Single session tickets are on sale now. Visit NCAA.com slash MBB tickets today. All right, back here on the Inside the Valley podcast, Derek Dockett, Associate Commissioner of New Media and Technology at the Valley. And right now I'm pleased to be joined by the voice of the Wichita State Shockers, Mike Kennedy, uh, I guess first off, Mike, how long you've been calling uh, Shocker? You don't just call basketball, obviously. Too, you're done baseball and volleyball. You you really are the Shocker voice. How long have you been at it there for Wichita State? Well, this is my 36th year full time, um, and I did some games on radio when they were on TV for four years. Before that, I worked for the the Combo outfit that did radio and TV at the time. So, 36 years full time, and I've done volleyball for the last 10. I uh, did football the last seven years that they had a football program, and I've done baseball over that time also. So, yeah, it's a pretty full-time job. And you've seen uh, a little bit of all the Shocker history in the, the la- those that run of years there, and including the undefeated year that we always talk about, the, the Sweet 16s, the Final Four. Uh, it's all been quite special. And, and this this run with that Greg Mar- Coach Greg Marshall has had with uh, not only Ron Baker and Fred Van Vliet uh, going back to that Final Four year, I guess when you try and put into words the stretch that has has happened in Wichita over the last uh, four or five years or so, uh, how do you sort of you know tell people about what you've been able to experience? Well, I, as you say, I go back a long time, even as a kid watching the, the great teams in the sixties with Dave Stallworth and so forth. So I do have some perspective, and and obviously in the early eighties we had a great run, and then. Uh, 
you know, we went through a pretty tough stretch. For 13 years there, we had two seasons, one game above 500, and that's as good as it got. And you start to wonder a little bit, can this program ever come back anywhere near that level where it had been? But the thing I always believed in was the, the support that's there, both financially and, and from a fan standpoint, the history, and I just felt like if they ever got the right person and got them to stay a while, somebody that really believed in what the program could be, that it had a chance to be at least something like a Gonzaga or a Butler and some of those schools that are a little smaller but have had a lot of success. And Greg Marshall was that guy, and he has stayed, and, and obviously it's been, uh, in my mind, the greatest run in the history of the program because when you look at the competitive disadvantages for schools in a conference like the Missouri Valley against the DCS conferences and so forth, it takes a lot more now to stay at that level than it did 30, 40 years ago. And so I, I think it's just been incredible what they've accomplished. And also incredible in what the players, the student-athletes themselves, have been able to accomplish. I mentioned uh, reaching the, the Final Four uh, the Sweet 16s and, and just so so many great accolades for those players. But let's talk about this year's team. Um, so much been made about uh, what Ron and Fred and Evan, uh, that great senior class, have what how much they've been able to accomplish and just the wins that they've stacked up uh, over their careers. Uh, let's start with with Evan. Uh, Mark Adams, who does many of our games for ESPN, uh, likes to call him a bulldog. He does so much of the things that don't always, you know, see the stat sheet, but he's just been a workhorse for them. Um, what difference has he made in the Shocker program, uh, Evan Wessel? Well, I remember when he was a freshman, Greg Marshall made the statement one time. He said, if I lined everybody up on the end line and roll the ball out there, he's going to get it every time. One way or another, he'll be the guy that ends up with it. And that's just how he's played his entire career, and he does so many little things that don't go on a stat sheet, uh, box out so that somebody else can get a rebound, or tipping a rebound to a teammate, or getting on the floor for a loose ball and getting another possession, and he's not shooting it as well this year as he can, but certainly he's hit a lot of big three-point baskets in his career. Uh, just you know, a great team guy, uh, a great effort guy that sets an example for everybody every day, practice as well as in games. I remember the year that the, the Shockers went on the run to the to the Final Four. I got the opportunity actually to go to Atlanta to experience that. And at that point, obviously, Ron Baker was coming off an injury and got back into midseason form at the end of the year, and it was perfect timing. From that point on, he hasn't been a secret. He's been one of the go-to guys in that in that, that lineup there. Um, was that really – was the jumping-off point for Ron Baker, like – did you see it coming at that point, or were there flashes in the early part of the season before he was it an injury? I, if I don't, I don't remember one hundred percent what sidelined him going into the conference tournament that year, but it seemed he just his stock just took off immediately once they made the run into the Final Four. Well, he was starting and playing very well at the beginning of the year. I think he played in the first eight games okay. and got a stress fracture in his foot. And missed, I think, I want to say 22 games. Okay. And he was only, he was only actually able to practice, fully practice for about two days, two, maybe three days before the Valley tournament started. So going to St. Louis, coaches were talking about, you know, we'll just have to see what we can get out of him if it's eight or 10 minutes or just, you know, whatever he's able to handle. And I think he played 25 minutes in the first game wow. and in the quarterfinals and played really well and, and played well throughout the tournament. Probably, ran out of gas just a little bit in that championship game with Creighton because three games in three days playing way more than he'd played for a long time. And he just, yeah, he did kind of take off from there to answer your question, Derek. And I think uh, the, the real coming out was the game with Gonzaga in the second round of the tournament. He hit several big threes and uh, continued to play well all the way through the game in the final four. And from that point on, he's just, he's been that guy. And the, the thing about him that that's hard to, understand or to see if you don't see him on a regular basis is just what he contributes with his knowledge of the game when he first came back that year the thing that he really added immediately was the offense ran better because he was so good at seeing openings in the defense cutting to the right spots helping out on the offensive boards uh you know senior type things from a freshman and he's just been that kind of player his whole career now you talk about the offense running better i guess we can point directly to this year in the early part of the non-conference season uh, when Fred Van Vliet went down with an injury. And 
when he came back, it was, you know, a 180 for that team. And, and they just, you know, started going through the back half of the non-conference schedule and into the conference play. Um, obviously, Fred's been tremendous. He A, a Valley Player of the Year uh, on his resume. Um, is there going to be – Is what What do you say about Fred VanVleet? What do you put into words about what he's meant for Wichita State? Well, first of all, you know, we've always – understood how good he is but I, and I hope that you don't ever take anybody like that for granted but if anything we had all forgotten just how how important he is to this team and then those games that he missed it was just night and day and of course also Connor Frankamp wasn't playing yet down in Orlando and Landry Shamit had just gotten hurt so Ron Baker was the only one of the top right. four guards even playing but but when Fred came back it was immediately like night and day and it's Again, he's a guy I think you have to see in person to really understand how good he is. And, and he sees everything yeah. at both ends of the floor. I don't think I've ever seen a player who sees everything the way he does. And he will make passes that you think to yourself, how did he even see him? And delivers it right on the money. And so he it's, it's beyond even what a good point guard typically does. He creates plays that not too many guys can make, in my opinion. And I, and I think that's what he really gives this team. I mean, some of the younger guys that are really playing well, like Marcus McDuffie and Richard Kelly, have figured out, you know, if I find that little crack in the defense, I find that little opening, even if I don't know if he can see me or not, I'm going to get the ball. He's going to find me somehow, and that's helped their improvement. When you talk about those three, take those three guys into consideration, uh, and the other seniors in the rest of the league, uh, we talked a lot about uh, the quality of the student-athletes that we have that are seniors this year. There are so many good ones in the league. Uh, the two guys in Evansville, DJ, Valentine, and Aguinius, uh, Anthony Bean at Southern Illinois, Devon Akun Purcell at Illinois State, and so on and so forth. Um, in a league like ours where, where the guys do stick around for you know four years, um, and we have those guys coming in to the conference tournament for the last time this year, um, how do you think that stacks up? Uh, for what, how the tournament might play out when you've got so much quality senior leadership uh, coming in for the conference tournament? Well, first of all, I love the conference tournament. It's interesting how we go through a season and we see 18 conference games in person and plus what we see on TV, and you see these teams, and then you get to St. Louis, and it always seems to be up another level. And yeah. I'm not just saying that to promote the tournament. There's that intensity level that comes up that everybody knows this is it. This is our last shot. And that's what makes it such a, a fun event. And I hear that from the, the television broadcasters that come in from outside the league and coaches that have come into the league from other leagues that talk about what a great tournament it is. And this year, as you just mentioned, with some of the seniors, uh, the quality of, of teams and the closeness of a lot of the teams, and I think everyone goes into the tournament understanding Wichita State is probably okay as an at-large, but nobody knows that for sure. And then everyone else, I'm sure, realizes they've got to win the tournament if they're going on to the dance. And so the level of competition, the intensity level, should be as great as it's ever been. And, and I think there are going to be a lot of close games and a lot of great performances. Yeah, you're probably right. It's been a fun regular season. We've had some good ones uh in the conference part of the schedule. And I'm, I'm guessing the tournament might not be, a, it'll probably not be an exception. And we're all looking forward to having everybody come into St. Louis for the 26th consecutive year. And it should be a fun one, Mike. We'll look forward to seeing you in St. Louis. Thank you, Derek. It's always a good time. Missouri Valley Conference women's basketball is coming to the Quad Cities. Don't miss the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball Championship March 10th through 13th at the iWireless Center in the Quad Cities. Presented by Aetna. Single game tickets start at $10. Visit MVCQuadCities.com for more information. That's MVCQuadCities.com. Back here on the Inside the Valley podcast, Derek Dockett, Associate Commissioner of New Media and Technology with you. And as we get ready for Arch Madness, we are uh, visiting with various radio, beat writers, TV guys around the league 
And right now, I'm pleased to be joined by the uh, the voice of the Evansville Purple Aces. Lance, how many years have you been the voice of the Aces there in Evansville? Well, you know, first of all, I've been a fan since I was a little kid. And then uh, in, in 2002, I started doing the television coaches show because I worked at the ABC affiliate. And in the last six years, I actually was employed by the University of Evansville and has, have done uh, play-by-play. So I've been in some form or fashion. And, of course, I was there in 99, the last time we won Arch Madness and went to the NCAA tournament covering that for television so uh, it's been a fun run and, and this has been a fantastic season for the aces nice nice that is the voice of lance wilkerson the radio voice of the Evansville purple aces here as we get ready for arch madness i guess first off if we start out to sort of recap the kind of season that the aces have had i guess we got to start with dj now beco- becoming the all-time leading scorer talk about what it's been like to watch this guy develop as a player First, you get to see him play side-by-side with Colt Ryan. Then he takes over the reins as the scoring, and both literally and figuratively, he becomes the leader in scoring there. What's it been like to watch this guy play uh, at UE? Well, I think he's so special because you you think of Colt Ryan, and Colt was a great three-point shooter, and so was DJ, but DJ can score 27 points and only hit one three. Um, he, you know, DJ can score in such a variety of ways, and he has led our team assist the last three years. So he's an unselfish scorer. I know sometimes you think of someone that, that scores 20 points a game as a, as a selfish kind of player, but DJ has not been that. And, and our guys look to him, and he's really become more of a leader and he's certainly a leader by example but i've gotten to know him very well off the court and you i know you talk to him too he's always smiling he's always upbeat um he takes losses very hard and uh you know he's he just is motivated by team success even though he's gotten so much individual accolades and you know, I really joked with him. When he got 2,000 points, it was on a free throw. It was really boring. So <laughs> as a radio guy, I'm like, come on. I even joked. I said, can, the, can your scoring record get a, be a three-pointer? And uh, it, it was. It was in dramatic fashion, and it was a big three against Missouri State and helping this win. And um, it's unbelievable that he is able to get the scoring record all-time at UE, considering he did not score that many points his freshman year because Colt Ryan was a senior. Right, right. The other guy that's sort of gotten everyone's attention, not only <sighs> around the league but nationally, has been Agidius Miscavages. He's been a double-double machine uh, leading leading the country in rebounding. Uh, now, this is a guy that we didn't – originally, it wasn't even 100% sure that he was coming back for, for this year, but he did, and it's made a heck of a difference for you guys uh, inside on the post. Oh, he's probably going to go down as one of the very best players that has ever played here, including the Jerry Sloans and the Scott Hafners and the Marty Simmons. I mean, we've had some great players, but Gideon Muscovich is up there as, as one of the all-time greats because he does so much for our team. If he comes out just for two minutes, I mean, you can tell the difference. I mean, the other team penetrates the glass. I mean, our guards should send them thank you cards every day because every time they get burnt, you know, Gideon is there on help side, either blocking or altering shots and he's uh you know his development he got here four years ago Derek and he couldn't speak English now he's a double major he's uh, got a very high GPA he's, he's already graduated once getting ready to graduate again it's amazing his maturity both in the classroom and on the court how far he's come his first year he could barely run up and down the court twice and he was asking to come out of a game and now he's playing 36 37 minutes uh, every single game and in the Missouri Valley having a skilled um, true number five is rare for the most part. Yeah. You know, uh, you you play stretch fours. I remember when Stutz was at Wichita State; nobody could stop that guy. He was he was like the only real big man in the conference that year. And I think that's really what's helped Agidius when we've played some smaller teams. He can be a matchup a nightmare for our opponents. We've had a tremendous class of seniors this year, and one guy that. I don't think he goes unsung, obviously not there, but one guy that sort of just flies under the radar if you look across the league, Adam Wing's been quite the role player for you guys, and I know I've heard Marty even say in the uh, the weekly coaches' calls that he does so many things well for the team that can be difference makers. Uh, when you watch Adam play, and he, his, it seems to me his outside shooting has been much, much improved. What sort of things that sort of make him stand out uh, from sort of earlier in his career to how he's become a senior now? I think confidence, I think that's a big part of it. I think when you become a senior, you're the oldest on the team, and he's been always been the captain. Even as a freshman and sophomore, you know, we were such a young team back then 
that he was always kind of the natural leader. He's by far the most vocal player because DJ and Agidius are kind of quiet, uh, but Adam is not. He's not afraid to get into a, a player's face at practice or even at a game. Um, he's the guy, you know, in the motion offense, you got to set screens. You know, he, he's got those big, broad shoulders. He'll dive on loose balls, and, I, you know, Coach calls him the glue guy, and I know that's probably an overused cliche, but that's true with, with Adam Wing. He can have an outstanding game and only have six points, but – that's just the kind of player that that Adam is. He knows his roles, and you're right about his outside shot. You know, last year uh, he did not hit very many three pointers at all in conference play. Maybe only one or two. And this year he's knocking down one or two every single game, and that's uh, you know a big addition uh, to our program. And while we're going to miss DJ and Agidius a lot next year, uh, we're certainly going to miss Adam as well. Those three seniors have taken us to the places that we haven't been in almost two decades. Now, I'm curious, one of the things I'm sort of wanting to pick folks' brain is the run that Wichita State has been on, is, it's, it's sort of uncommon. I mean, being this dominant uh, throughout their, their, their careers is, is something special. And now you've, you guys have had quite a duo of guys there, uh, and the timing just works out where they're playing in the league the same time when you've got the Fred Van Vliet's and the Ron Bakers in the world, so that's the mountain to climb. When you look across the league, the rest of the league, um, how do you when you measure up some of our players and this is going to lead into me asking you who you think your all your conference team is this year um but just what sort of your thoughts when you look at the, the valley as a whole in terms of the talent uh that we have in terms of the senior leadership well i do think it runs in cycles there's no doubt about that and what wichita is doing right now is is amazing and i think what separates wichita state from most teams is their toughness and their ability to consistently win on the road i mean that's that's the two trademarks i think of wichita state the past few years but you know if you just go back just a couple of years before that it was southern illinois you know he was just so dominant we couldn't even not only could we not beat southern illinois you know the aces didn't even come close um and that's been a great benchmark for us because we've beaten siu now eight out of 11 and if you just told me that a couple of years ago i would have taken one out of 11 and so it goes aside you know, Bradley had that great run, um, you know, with Somerville, and they went to the Sweet 16. So it goes around. Wichita cycle has lasted longer. I think they have a great coaching staff, and they've been able to, to replenish. They're so deep. I mean, goodness, they have every – another. here comes another 6'8 guy. I mean, <laughs> they, they, you know, that's – that. And, and I just think, in my opinion, and I've asked a lot, especially from Aces fans, why Wichita State's so good, they – compete and challenge everything, every pass, every screen, every loose ball, every rebound. I mean, they never give uh, one person up to try. If there's a 50-50 ball, they're, they're going to go after it, and I think that's what we strive to be. I don't think Evansville's quite to that level yet. Obviously, you know, we haven't had the success Wichita has had, but it's tough. There's no doubt. There's, you know, you see other teams around the country every selection Sunday that get into the NCAA tournament. You're like, my goodness, we could easily beat those teams, but that's what makes the Valley special also. I love that we have a neutral court uh, conference tournament, and I, and I like that there's no easy uh, game on the schedule. I mean, even Drake is having a down year for Drake. There's no doubt. But when we went to Des Moines, I mean, it was everything we could do to win. DJ had hit two three pointers late to to win in Des Moines. So every year, even the ten seed is not is not a given. And certainly, we've been the ten seed, you know, just a few years ago. I'm going to take away two slots because I know DJ and Agidius probably get your vote. Give, oh. give, me, give me three. No, it's come on. <laughs> I, I'm just trying. You know, I haven't. I don't want to slight anyone. You're gonna have to help me if I, because I haven't. I'm so tunnel vision. I'm sure the radio guys can tell you this. You're so tunnel vision on sure. on the opponent that you have coming up because the hardest part is forgetting guys. Sure. Uh, but you know, obviously uh, Van Vliet and Baker. We we've had pretty good success against Baker. Normally he's lit us up. It's Van Vliet. He had the yeah. career high against this man. He he really uh, he really tore us up. Um, my goodness. I can't believe you're doing this one to me. Um, Paul yeah, Indiana State's I'll, entire I'll, I'll team. I'll throw some names out there at you. Uh, Anthony Bean? Oh, I don't think there's anybody in the league besides him and Milton Doyle that can get their own shot at any time. Yeah. Uh, that's what scared me about Loyola. We were up one with six seconds left, and I think you can put three guys on Milton Doyle and Anthony Bean, and they can hit that step back. Bean is just such a great – he has the most fundamental mechanics of a jump shot. So, yeah, definitely Anthony Bean. That's that's a no, no-brainer. Um, you know, I like Wes Washburn, too, because he – 
he's a winner. Yes. You know, sometimes I, I, I'm big on, I hate like the NFL combine. I hate, uh, 40 times. I just like winners. And, you know, you can't tell me that there's not another player in the league that wants to win more than that guy. Uh, so I, I, I'm sure I'll put Washburn on, on my uh, ballot, but I haven't, I'll, I'll, I usually sit down for a couple hours and I give it a lot of due diligence, but I haven't, I haven't dove into it just yet. We still got uh, two games to play. I'm I'm putting you on the spot. So I'm letting folks know. (laughs) I should have thought about it more. (laughs) Who am I leaving out? I'm trying to think, uh, there's so so many guys. I mean, I, here, I'll put this Illinois one. State. I mean, good grief! Yeah, They've got. Uh, I mean, yeah. there are so many guys that this year. Paris Lee's had a good. Uh, he had a great game against Boston yeah. too. So many guys with with top notch level of athleticism that you said creating their own shots, doing things that we haven't seen before in the league. Yeah, and that's that's what makes it so so different this year. So so much more special. So. Uh, Brendan Scott from Indiana State. Yeah. I mean, goodness, yeah. he can shoot as soon as he crosses half court. I mean, he would, uh, and I think the most improved would be, uh, Bola Alanian of Southern Illinois. I mean, he has made them a different team and his, his presence in the low post, uh, he rebounds like his, his, you know, next meal depends on it. He just goes after every rebound. So, um, man, I, I, I like that kid a lot too. All right, Arch Madness is coming up. Anything that would make it a special one for you? I, I'm asking the obvious there, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, all ten teams want to win it all. They're, you know, that's that's obvious. We just that has been our curse, unfortunately. You know, even even when we were in the MCC and St. Louis University was in that conference, we played terrible in St. Louis, and it's unfortunately carried over in Arch Madness. We have in our history, which I think we've been in the league twenty four, twenty five years, something like that. We've only made it to two semifinals, which is just, I mean, we have had horrible luck in the Valley, and I'm hoping this is the team that they can break through. Um, I think the most important part, what Coach Simmons has done, is brought back respect to the University of Evansville. Um, you know, we used to just hope that we, didn't, we weren't in the Thursday round. In the last couple of years, we've been competing for the top three. Sure. It seems like the, if you finish in the top three in the Valley, you should get a trophy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I know that sounds crazy, but, you it's know, if we're able to win out and get the two seed, uh, not that we would ever raise a banner for the, for second place, but, man, it will feel that way for our fans and our program because uh, Wichita is an incredible program, and to finish one slot behind them would be great. But, uh, you know, I, for me, I love meeting with you and, and uh, Mike Kern and all the radio guys. I think – uh, we, there's a special fraternity amongst all the Missouri Valley radio folks, and I love how the pride of the conference comes out. You know, we all battle with each other, but then we all root for each other in non-conference, and then when it comes to postseason tournaments, I don't know uh, how many other conferences have the pride, one through ten, that we have in, in our conference. And um, you notice that even through the media, even people that aren't employed by uh, the 10 universities or the Valley, even beat writers, you know, really have uh, gravitated towards this conference because I think, you know, having four year seniors is a rarity in college yes. basketball. And we have that every single year in the Missouri Valley, you know, Aces fans have been able to watch DJ and Aguirre for four years, Wichita fans, same thing with Van Vliet and Baker and, you know, to cotton last year. And, and I think, you know, for Kentucky fans and the like, um, you know, they don't get to do that. Yep. Yep. It's, it's one of the things that makes it special, just like the, uh, Arch Madness, the 26th year of the tournament here at St. Louis coming up March 3rd through 6th. Lance, I really appreciate your time, buddy, and uh, we'll see you at Scott Trade Center in St. Louis. Yeah, you do an awesome job with the social media. Thanks so much, Derek. I appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon. The madness starts at the Arch as the State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Championship hits the hardwood at Scott Trade Center March 3rd through 6th in St. Louis. Don't miss any action as 10 Missouri Valley teams battle for an automatic NCAA berth. Arch Madness, presented by Fox Sports Midwest and Aetna. For tickets, call 800-745-3000. That's 800-745-3000 or visit archmadness.com. Arch Madness Week here in the Missouri Valley Conference. And uh, as we prepare for our 26th Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball tournament here in St. Louis, uh, it's always fun to to catch up with our uh, beat writers and TV guys as we are doing in this week's episode of Inside the Valley Podcast. And right now, I'm pleased to be joined by the writer from the Bloomington Panagraph, the beat writer for the Illinois State Redbirds, Jim Benson. Jim, how long have you been covering the Redbirds there now? Uh, Derek, this is my 10th year uh, doing uh, ISU. Great, great. We've got a great 
I like to call it a great fraternity of our beat writers, and you guys always interact so well on Twitter and, and engage with the fans and, and the league as a whole. Um, so it's it's always fun time to get to see you guys in St. Louis and, and talk about uh, the league in general, things like that. But obviously we want to talk about the Redbirds um, right now, sitting with the chance uh, as we go into the last weekend of play and getting ready for the tournament, um, a chance at the two, possibly three seed. But uh, when you look back at the non-conference part of the schedule, obviously the, they played a really tough schedule. You had uh, at the time top 10 teams on the, on the, on the uh, non-conference slate. Do you think that played a role in preparing the Redbirds for, you know, where they sit right now in conference play? I would say a, a little bit, Derek. Um, it was kind of uh, strange in, in the non-conference. Like you said, uh, they played Kentucky and Maryland uh, within a week of each other, narrowed a one and number one and two teams in the country at the time. And, and they played those teams. I mean, they played both games really well and were right in the, both of those games until about like six minutes left. Um, but then they kind of had a slippage there uh, after those games, and they really lost some bad games. Uh, they played a, even some good teams that maybe people don't recognize, the South Dakota States uh, and also uh, UAB. Uh, very good teams, but they really got kind of dusted in a couple of those games. And uh, But then kind of later, once the conference started and um, they started getting into some tough games, it, it did seem like uh, – that non-conference schedule playing those tough teams actually paid off. Uh, so at the time, it didn't seem like it really did, you know, in the immediate aftermath. But then here a couple months later, I think that, that non-conference playing those teams w- really helped them. Now, last year, of course, the Birds got the win over Wichita State in the tournament. Uh, turn around to this year, the Shockers didn't lose a game uh, in, in, to a league team until the Redbirds again. Um, you, you, you watch all those – all the, you watch – all of the games the Redbirds play, obviously. Uh, what stood out to you mostly in the matchup with Wichita State back on February 6th? I, I think more than any other team in the Valley, uh, Illinois State matches up athletically with Wichita State, especially on the wing. Uh, both teams have kind of long athletic wing players, and a lot of Valley teams really don't have that besides Illinois State and Wichita State. I really think that's the, the thing that really kind of helps Illinois State when they play Wichita State more so than um, the rest of the league teams when they play the Shockers. Um, uh, in, in that game, um, in normal, like you said, uh, ISU really get, they got down 16 points in the second half, and, and they went to a 2-3 zone, and really it kind of caught, it looked like Wichita State was caught by surprise a little bit, and even Greg Marshall said uh, they were going too much east to west instead of north to south against that zone. Um, if they would happen to play in, in St. Louis, and, and they played this Saturday coming up, uh, but if they would play again, you know, twice in a, in a week time, I'm sure Wichita will be well prepared for that. But but I think it's more, like I said, uh, just Illinois State really matches up athletically with them on the wings. Now, as we talk here today on February 24th, there are two games left tonight. The Redbirds have Southern Illinois, and then they'll finish up with Wichita State at Wichita. Uh, that game on ESPN2, tonight's game against Southern on uh, Comcast and Fox Sports Midwest. Um, but the Redbirds have an opportunity for doing something quite special. And I'm sure Dan Muller has really sort of wanted to pre- prepare these guys for the tournament and, and getting the opportunity for the, for the NCAA, the automatic bid, because now with Wichita losing to the Redbirds and Northern Iowa, uh, not as, they know it can be done. They know it can be done. But when you look up and down the rest of the league, who do you think might cause the Redbirds some trouble? We know they've, they've played very well against Evansville. Uh, that game in in Evansville. So, any any matchup this sort of you think might be a, an interesting one for Redbirds at the conference tournament? Yeah, I, I would say uh, you know obviously after Wichita State, like you said, I, I just think Northern Iowa is a tough matchup for any team in the league. <laughs> obviously, because they have veteran guys and they have guys who can consistently make shots, and uh, and and they've been through the battles before. And Illinois State just played them here in the last weekend, and uh, Illinois State was a little step slow on defense that game, and if you're a step slow against uh, the Panthers, they, they are going to really make you pay. Um, obviously, if Illinois State would get the two or three seed, if they would get to the semifinals, likely that would mean a, a matchup against Evansville. Um, and the Redbirds played very well at Evansville. They didn't play very well at Redbird Arena when, when the two teams played, but um, I think, like you say, just more than anything, uh the team that would match up better with the Redbirds is uh, uh, you and I. 
this year we've got a lot of special seniors. The Redbirds have their own in Devon Akum for sale. But in your time covering the league, have you seen another senior class similar to this that measures up in talent when you look at Van Vliet and Baker in Wichita, Anthony Bean, uh, Ballantyne and Agidius at Evansville, just on and on and on. So many, so many impressive seniors. Can you think back to a time where we've had sort of this lineup of, of seniors across the league? Um, I, I remember my first year covering the league, which would have been in 2007. I, I remember that uh, Southern and uh, Creighton both had really outstanding senior uh, teams there. Uh, Besides that, I would say that this is probably the best group of seniors across the board. Uh, those two teams, like I said, from Southern and Creighton, um, they really had some some tough seniors. I remember the Southern uh, kids, uh, uh, Young and Falker, uh, those guys were men, and they had been through battles. And um, I, I was so impressed my first year in the league covering them because um, they, they just set the standard a little bit. Um, but besides that, like you say, just across the board, uh, this year's senior class is really, really outstanding. Um, it, it's been fun watching these guys the last four years. I'm going to miss them next year, that's for sure, and it'll be interesting to see how uh, teams kind of reload and restock. And I'm leading you into my, my next question, talking about all those seniors. you have any idea how your uh, all-conference uh, ballot might might line up? Yeah, you know, my – I, probably mine is pretty easy because uh, you you can't vote for your own guys. So obviously, uh, the two guys from Wichita, the two guys from Evansville, and then um, the, the other pick uh, for me really is a no-brainer, and it's it's kind of a, a personal one a little bit too. Uh, Anthony Bean Jr. Uh, for those who don't know, he he's a normal community high school graduate um, here in uh, Bloomington Normal. I, I, I saw the kid play since he was 14 years old. Uh, his dad was a, a coach under Tim Jankovic at Illinois State. I remember him out on Redbird Arena floors, you know, shooting jumpers uh, during practice and all that when, when they were done, nice. and his dad kind of putting them through drills and all that. But Anthony has just turned into an outstanding player. And I have to say Anthony's turned into a better player than I, you know, you try to project kids, you know, when you see him in high school, how sure. they're going to play on the next level. And I thought he'd be a very good Missouri Valley Conference player. He's really exceeded my expectations, and I'm really glad to see him have such a a great finish to his career. It's been a little tough uh, for them at Southern Illinois, obviously, but they're having a great season and just just really kind of uh, proud of him, really, in, in kind of a hometown way. And, and he definitely deserves to be uh, on everybody's uh, first-team ballot. And, and I, even if I could vote for the Illinois State guys, Derek, to be honest with you, I still think that would be my, my five guys. All right, gotcha. All right, Jim, thanks so much, man. We'll uh... – Look forward to seeing you in St. Louis. It's it's crazy to think that it's already time for Arch Madness. It, it just sneaks, sneaks right up on us every single year. Yes, it does, Derek. And uh, you do a great job and uh, always uh, like talking to you. All right. Appreciate it, sir. We'll see you at uh, Scott Trade Center. Thanks for your time. Take care.